set. Places, everybody. And action. <gasps> You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Sound of Metal from 2020, directed by Darius Martyr. And we're back once again for the month of January. It's still January, right? It's unfortunately still January. This month eh, seems like it's been seven years. Um, oh my god! Like you know how twenty twenty felt like it was like really long. This has felt like the longest, longest two weeks. Like between like that first full week of January and today, I'm like, god damn, this is it's not ending. Like it's not ending. It it, it January just seems long. For some reason, I don't know why every year, just the same thing. Yeah, but it, it it's allegedly January, and we're back, um, yes. revisiting you know our rock and roll theme, our music theme, again, mm-hmm. in a different light, um, with sound of metal, which is available for you to view if you feel like giving uh, entity money. <laughs> if you want to give that bulletproof uh, vest wearing old man some coin. <laughs> it is an Amazon original. Um, so it is not streaming anywhere else, unfortunately. You have to give more money. Put more money in the pocket. Or you can, you know, I mean, I don't encourage people to pirate things, but you know. I mean. I if you morally object <laughs> that strongly. I. There's ways around everything. Mm-hmm. We can't encourage, but. You know, people will be, you, you know, like we said last episode, it'd be like that. You do what you do. You do what you do. <laughs> you do what you do, honestly. Mm-hmm. I support it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, we're we're back with this film. It was released last year. Um Yeah, when you said twenty twenty and I was like, this isn't twenty twenty? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. No, it's a it's a new new year. Same it's us. Pretty new release. <laughs> I think this movie was supposed to come out earlier than it did originally. I can't remember. Probably. I, have a f- I feel like it was pushed back, but I don't know the specific, uh, like, dates and stuff. Um, I know I was hearing about it pretty much the entire year, because um, I think there was, like, a teaser trailer, and I didn't really need to watch trailers. <laughs> I don't really watch trailers in the first place, but um, once I saw the picture of a shirtless Riz Ahmed drumming, I said, say less. <laughs> Give me the day. Give me the platform and I won't be watching it. I personally didn't know anything about the film. Um, I believe you said like you watched it. And I was like, okay, well, let me look into this movie. 
And you said, be careful. And I said, okay. And then I immediately forgot that you said, be careful watching it. And I watched it in the dark. And I was like, oh, okay. I did have to be careful. Um, and did I tell you you had to be careful? Yeah. I totally forgot that it had flashing lights. And then I watched it again today. I was like, when did Brittany... Because you mentioned this last episode, but I was like... When did, where was there flashing lights and it's in the very beginning? Yes. <laughs> it's like if you're at a venue, like if you're at a show. Remember those things, concerts and things like that? Wild, wild prehistoric times. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that whole thing where you got the flashing sort of stage lights. Um, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I was really excited to watch this when I first heard about it. Um Mainly because I've been following Riz Ahmed's career now for, it seems like, at least seven, six or seven years now, I want to say. Probably more than that. When did Nightcrawler drop? <laughs> that was over 20 years ago. No. Nightcrawler, <laughs> okay, Nightcrawler <laughs> dropped. Nightcrawler dropped in 2014. But I feel like I have known about Riz Ahmed before that um, for various things. I feel like he has a bunch of movies that everybody else says that, um, you know, this is going to be his, like, breaking, his, the you know, the, the thing that makes his star come alive or whatever. But he's had, like, a bunch of this, <laughs> like... He's had a lot of those. I want to say it was probably Nightcrawler, but then like he had Nightcrawler. He also had Rogue One, and then he also had The Night of, um, which he I think he won the Emmy for, which he completely deserved because that movie fucked me up. Or not that movie, sorry, the show fucked me up. Um, and yeah, he's had a bunch of movies, but it's been kind of like an interesting, like it's been really interesting just to like follow. Um, follow his career um, and kind of like see how his star has kind of risen very slowly over the years. <laughs> it's been a, it's he's playing the long game over here. Have I seen Nightcrawler? Shit. No, me trying to, yeah, I have. You know how. Yeah, I don't think, I don't remember if I remember him being in, I don't know. You know, I see things on, this is probably still too a long time ago where I was probably seeing a lot of stuff, as much as I shit on Tumblr, a lot of things I see that will pique my interest is from Tumblr. So I will see a person and I'll be like, who the hell is that? Or I'll see like, you know, a clip or a, or a still from a movie and I'm like, I would like to watch this film immediately. So I feel like it was one of those for him because... He's got some other movies that I've seen, like Four Lions, which is very ridiculous. And and um, <laughs> I don't know if people would. It's a satire, but it's like a, about a bunch of suicide bombers, would-be suicide bombers who do not have their shit together. And then I also watched Trishna, which I was not prepared for at all. <laughs> they always build that shit as like a romantic drama. Girl, that shit is not. <laughs> there, It takes a hard left very hard left about uh, halfway in so unless you have a, a strong stomach <laughs> I was like oh god no I hate him I hate him so um 
so yeah, but um, yeah, it's been really interesting. So this is like, I feel like he's pretty, um, I think he's like predicted to probably win a few awards um, at whatever, <laughs> whatever uh, award shows they will be having this year. How? I don't know. Uh, I for the three movies that were released last year, not like I feel like everybody has a campaign going, and not everybody should be campaigning because I feel like they have campaigning. Like they were like, "Yeah, Wonder Woman should do something." I'm like, "Are you fucking serious?" Yeah, the hell they shouldn't. No, they <laughs> shouldn't. And I haven't even seen it. I saw it at the corner of my eye because my mom watched it. Do you know that I got up? When my mom started watch, she started watching it. That had to be like eight o'clock in the morning. I got up, left the house, and was gone for like two, three hours. I came back, that shit was still on. Yes, that movie is at least three days long. So was just done. be prepared for that. I was like, "You're not done yet," and I no, it looks very ridiculous. And I think clips from Wonder Woman don't play yourselves like that. Yeah, I fell asleep, woke back up. No, it was still movie. happening. Oh, you watched it? <laughs> yeah, don't. I thought about it, but I was like, oh. Don't I worry about it. Don't. That much. I don't either, and don't worry about it. Y'all good. It's good. I'm, you fine. This mama's, this mama's can't act. <laughs> I mean, What's that clip where I say, give me the stone. <laughs> like, what is, what is this? <laughs> it's bad. You've done how many of these? This is not good. <laughs> I, I thought no. people were playing. They were not. But let's talk about this no. good movie. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we had to. I guess shit on one for everything we everything we praise. Give one thing we shit on. That's how it works around work here. We'll do we better on that. But moving forward, <laughs> we'll be better. Every day, yeah. we're just trying to grow as people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what is this movie about? So this movie is about um, a heavy metal duo um, that's currently on tour. I think their band name is called Black Gammon, which consists of Ruben, the drummer, played by Riz Ahmed, and Lou, the guitarist and singer, um, played by Olivia Cook. which I didn't realize she's a little mama from Bates Motel. Did you ever watch Bates Motel? I watched uh, one episode... Then I was I think like, I watched a season. I'm good. And then I turned it off. I think I watched a season. But then it takes a really long time for him to get, you know, we, I mean, he's weird, but like it takes a really long time for him to get really weird. So um, I think it's like four seasons. But yeah, so that's her. I didn't realize that was her until I was looking <gasps> it up today. Oh, um, you know what else she was in? No. She was in Thoroughbreds. Oh, that is her. Yes. Why does she always look so different? I looked at the pictures of her in baseball town and I was like, she looks very like I know why she looks very different from this movie, but like I she doesn't seem like somebody can place her face. I don't know why. That's so wild. Yeah, she yeah, she was with um Little Witch. She was the Yeah, she was she was the uh the one that was wasn't she like a sociopath or something? She doesn't have any emotions. Um, she's like a completely emotionless person. 
and they conspire to kill Anya Taylor Joy's stepdad or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, next to Anya Taylor Joy, like I'm usually looking at her. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy is very distinctive looking. She's very large. They both have big eyes, but she's got very large eyes. So, yeah, um, yeah, I didn't realize that was her. That's really weird. She was a friend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so she plays Lou, who is their singer, um, singer and, and guitarist. And while they are on tour together, um, Ruben suddenly loses his hearing um, pretty rapidly. And that sort of sends them into like a a weird sort of path um, for the two of them because they really can't tour anymore. At least uh, Lou has a good sense to be like, no, we're not going to tour anymore. Like, we're going to need to get you. We need to get you help. And Ruben, who is a former addict, um, is going through a lot. And so he basically has to go to a... I They call it like a rehab. I don't know if you recall like a rehab. Um where he basically has to learn how to be deaf um, in a way. Um, and that kind of turned into a lot of other conflicts because Ruben doesn't want to let go of his old life. Um, and Lou kind of has to figure out her own stuff, but she does all that off camera. So um, I have a few backstory notes. Kicking it old school like I used to do. <laughs> so um, I didn't realize this, and I don't know. I guess like the validity of all of this, but so the one of the um, I guess the director co-wrote this with a guy named Derek Cian France, Cian France, um, Jean France, not sure, um, and he had made a docu-fiction series called Metalhead, which he never finished, but it's supposed to be about a metal drummer who loses his hearing after his eardrums are ruptured, which is like I think it was in production. Um, in like 2009 and it was going to start like a real life heavy, heavy metal band, like a two metal, two piece metal band. And, um, and they were going to cover everything that they did, like play shows and travel, but then they had like an actual plot. So it felt like it was kind of like half real, half fictional. Um, and then he gave the story to Darius to use. Which I didn't realize this was his debut. It's a pretty strong debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, where I was looking at, too, they also kind of talked about some other um, musicians that have, like, lost their hearings or have, have lost their hearing or have had something similar happen. Like, um, the lead singer from ACDC lost his hearing for three years. He burst an eardrum um, and had to, like, take, like, a three-year break. Um and then also Darius mentioned that his grandmother, this is on Twitter, he said his grandmother, Dorothy Martyr, was a gay photographer and activist. She went profoundly deaf after taking an antibiotic. Um, the loss of cinema was particularly devastating for her, and she petitioned for open captions for the rest of her life. Sound of medical, Metal is dedicated to her. So I thought that was also really interesting um, as far as like the backstory and inspiration. Um... Because I don't think, like, Darius, I don't believe is is in the deaf community. And I don't believe 
that Derek is either. So it was kind of like, oh, like where did this story kind of come from? Which I thought was um, pretty interesting because I feel like there's a lot, there's a lot you have to go into. <laughs> it's not just losing your hearing and pretending to be deaf. Like there's communicating and all kinds of stuff like that that goes into it. Um, learning sign language, sign language on its own is its own language, um, complete with like, like known gestures and greetings and eye contact and, you know, not blocking your lips if you, uh, are communicating with somebody who reads lips. Um, so this kind of taught me a lot or at least made me think about things I hadn't thought of in terms like that. Cause I mean, in public school, we never learned ASL. I think in, uh, when I went to private school, they taught us like the sign language, like alphabet, but like we never did anything with it. So I don't know. Any, I don't know any of it. Um, and that was so long ago that like you'd have to teach me all over again. But um, yeah, it was the, the reading about this, the backstory behind this is pretty interesting. And like what the, what the characters had to do, what Riz had to do. Um, Olivia apparently came up with her bleached eyebrows on her own, mm -hmm. which I was like, thank you, because that's the reason why I currently have bleached eyebrows. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, oh, I love that. No, I love that. Can I, how can I do that? <laughs> can I do that? <laughs> I want to do that. So, um, yeah. And then there's like backstories for like their individual characters, um, or at least for Lou's character, but we can get into that later on down the line. Um, so yeah, this is pretty a pretty interesting movie. I want to know, I guess, how you were feeling about it when you first watched it, minus the the lights and stuff. <laughs> this is interesting for me to watch, mm -hmm. um, because I understand it in a way. Like I I get it to I. I, I, under, I understand a lot of it. Um, but we could talk about that later when we um, uh, talk about, like, would you recommend it? Come on, vague book. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, so I guess from the beginning of said film, um, they kind of start off um uh, playing a show it's a very like intimate kind of they're not like super rock star famous or whatever they're like an indie band sort of doing it for themselves it's only them two um they travel around in an airstream um so they live like a pretty nomadic life they were living my dream a little bit oh like that oh airstream i loved it like it was perfect to me. All they needed was like, I don't think they had one, but like a little shower in it, in the toilet. Yeah, I don't, yeah, they probably didn't have that. They that went to like, they probably showered at the venues or something like that. Or hotels or something. It was so nice. Like, it was nice. Yeah, girl, I know got an Airstream when I was in college, I think. But I didn't really understand the whole concept because I think she had to fix it up and something. And I was like, that sounds really silly. <laughs> but I was like, go do you, have fun. But uh, I don't know whatever, whatever happened to that little venture. But um, 
yeah, they don't live in like a regular like RV. Like it's kind of, I don't really know the difference between an Airstream and RV. Um, but I mean, it's the same basic concept. Like it's, you know, you have living areas, uh, sleeping area, you drive it around. And then they actually have like a recording like studio in the Airstream. So they pretty much never have to leave each other. <laughs> Um, which is important to note. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know the song. I think they wrote the song together, like Olivia and like another singer from like a metal band. I, I do not remember the band. I'm sorry. They wrote the song together, um, that, that, that they play in the beginning. Um, and they're performing all their, all the music, like the actors are performing the music. Yeah, they did it live um, for, like, a group of people. So I was like, ooh, come on, talent, talent tree. Um, Riz had to learn how to do the drums. Um, they didn't really go into, like, his tattoos or anything, but I just think it's supposed to be about, like, his character and stuff like that and then, like, his blonde hair. I think that was also the other thing that caught my eye. I was like, I remember seeing like Riz, like a picture of Riz on like a red carpet. And I was like, why does he have blonde hair? What's he doing? What's that for? <laughs> and then I saw the pictures and I was like, okay, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. I think that was when he was uh, promoting Venom. I was like, why is he, what's going on there? And like with his tattoos, like I know later on in the, in the story, I was wondering like, did he draw those? <laughs> I think so. Some of them look like, like, you know, like the stick poke a little bit, Mm -hmm. especially like the ones across his chest. Like they just look like somebody scratched him in there. In the underwear. My mom mentioned that too. She's watching and she was like, these look like jail tattoos. (laughs) I was like, I I don't know if there's only have a pair of underwear as jail tattoos, but. A little pair of drawers on your shoulder. Yeah. They're little bloomers. (laughs) I think either bloomers or they like like Calvin Klein, like briefs. There's some kind of a lot of uh, substantial underwear. Little jaws, little jaws. <laughs> I mean, these ladies' underwear. This is who whose underwear do these belong to? Um, so yeah, so they play. It's a good show. They um, also was very interesting the fact that he does like green juicing and stuff, mm-hmm. and he like does push-ups and stuff like that so I, like it's not one of those bands where they get shit faced and stuff it's like it's not like a her smell where they're you, they go backstage and they're just like wasted and and super drugged up and stuff like that um in contrast however uh Lou has like cut marks on her arms which they later attributed up to scratching but i was like these look too like spaced out to be just scratching hmm. but um yeah so i was like oh i didn't realize that the first time i watched it, i don't think i realized that the um that that was like part of her character and stuff i think i was looking at her eyebrows so like <laughs> once i noticed some eyebrows i was like let me let me see how this is how does this work would this work on me <laughs> and so <laughs> um and so yeah also i was sitting there when i were play- when they were performing and i was like oh i miss shows I miss shows so bad. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gone to a show since uh, 2019. Mm. <laughs> and it was a punk show, and it was very fun. Mm. Um, I got tossed around 
like a little rag doll. <laughs> First moss pit. <laughs> I definitely almost died. <laughs> well, yeah, next time I will not be. No, I wore my like favorite Vans too. Got stepped all over. Some kid got like a bloody nose. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty, like it's a fight. It wasn't like super aggressive. Like the music is aggressive, but like the band is pretty positive and stuff like both bands are pretty pretty fun um so it wasn't like i felt like i was going to like be murdered <laughs> it was more of like no this is this is what you do at a show <laughs> so get ready and i was like i am not ready because <laughs> all the other shows that go to people act like they're too cool to do anything so this was like a, oh this is fun like this it reminded me of roller derby yeah. I was like, oh, I miss being shoved around and also shoving people around. <laughs> but I made the dumb mistake of buying my merch before the show because I didn't want to wait after. <laughs> don't don't be like me. <laughs> if you buy a vinyl record at a punk show, buy it after. <laughs> so you in the mosh pit with a record? Ashley. With a record and a t-shirt. Ashley. Like I didn't realize. Because people in Dallas, I'm sorry, people in Dallas do not be acting like they want to do anything like that. I don't know. Like, they're just not very, like, even, like, with the danciest music, nobody really, I don't know. All the concerts I've been to before have not been really rough like that. Even if it was a band concert, it's still not really, like, a rough concert, so... And this one in the movie looked fun because they were like, this is like one of those rare concerts like before people really get famous because they'll let you like be all up on them and stuff. Like you're not above them or like have like a barrier or something. I was like, oh, that's like a good like you're deep in the trenches with them kind of concert. And I was like, I miss that so much. I miss show so much. But next time I will know better. <laughs> Will not come with, you know, at least I wore jeans. I don't feel like some of the other people will come into concerts in heels and stuff. Yeah. That's kind of silly to me. Well, those are also the people who sit in the chairs and don't interact with everybody else. So, I'm one of those um, people, but. I love, I love getting into the, the fray. I love getting jostled around and stuff. Like that's, that's fun for me. It's a real rush, I would say. So, um, also there are black girls in the shouts in the in the in the mix too. I was like, come on, no, I'm not alone here. <laughs> I was like, yes, please band together with me. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, next time I get to go to a show, I'm going to the most rowdiest show I can find. <laughs> that might die, but. It'll be a real release after being in the house for like a year. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so, um, you know, they're driving around, they go to their next show. It's really cute. And I think Ruben is at, like, they're all in front of like, they're, you know, they're setting up their merch tables and stuff. Um, and that's when it happens. He's like listening to them talk and stuff like that. And they're like joking around and all of a sudden his something just kind of switches like a like a switch kind of flip. And this is why I was talking about in the last episode. I was like, I wish I had seen this in a theater because the sound design is amazing. Because um, I don't think I've ever 
I don't ever think I don't think I've ever seen a movie where they kind of play around with sound this much. Um, I'm sure there's some really great examples that I just don't know about, but um, yeah, like it's all muffled. Everything is all muffled and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god, can you imagine like being in a dark room surrounded by speakers and stuff, and just like all of a sudden there's no sound. Like there's rarely. Most movies, there's rarely no sound or very little sound um, because that's not really what people like. Because <laughs> um, if you even have a little bit of a silent movie <laughs> vibe to anything, which I wouldn't call this a silent movie, but people get really pissy about that. Um, and so I feel like sound, people don't really um, give enough props to lack of sound in a movie as being very powerful device storytelling device especially like if you have movies that don't have a a score which i don't think this movie doesn't have a score either i wasn't even paying attention yeah it's like i think in comparison because i watched 2046 last night (laughs) Uh, slash slash this morning and so uh i was thinking about it like you know, because it's very heavily orchestral and there's a lot of sound and like Juan Carlos Y loves his um, music, Nat King Cole. Cues, and so, yeah, yeah. He loves his music. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, this movie don't have no sound. I mean, it has sound, but like not sound like a score, like an underlying score to like lead you through the movie. And I was like, oh, like that's very, I mean, it's very purposeful, but like I feel like you have to like really commit to that because, um, Convincing people to go see a movie where there's very little sound would be kind of difficult, I think. Um, but it works here. So, yeah, you kind of hear... Like, they have the show again. You hear them playing. It's a tour, so they kind of play the same song. And, um, like, they have a set list or whatever. And so you can kind of see that, like, the music is playing. And he's playing along with the music, but it's starting to, like, fade out. A little bit. And then I think the next morning is when he like starts to freak out a little bit because um, he does that thing that everybody does when you can't hear when you pop try to pop your ears. Yeah. And which is like the first thing I do whenever time I get like a stuffy nose. I'm like, no, I can't. And it's, it's the most uncomfortable feeling. Really, really muffled for him. And he's trying to like figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, he can't hear the water like in the shower. Um, he can't hear the little Vitamix thing when he's making his juice. He can't hear the coffee maker. Like it's very, very low muffled. I don't think it's complete. It's not complete silence, but it's very, 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 very muffled to where you'd be like, Oh shit. Am I like congested or something like that? So he goes to a pharmacist um, and he can barely communicate with the pharmacist. Like we can't even hear what the pharmacist is saying. You can hear a little bit, but basically the pharmacist is on the phone with like a doctor, um, trying to be like, this guy really needs help, like immediately. Mm-hmm. And the pharmacist connects him to the audiologist. Um, yeah. and he learns that he is losing his hearing rapidly. Um, like it is going very quickly. And if he wants to preserve what he has currently, 
then he has to decrease or cease, basically cease the exposure to loud sounds. Um, yeah, I think I think they said he had like twenty percent, like twenty eight percent in one ear and twenty four percent in another ear. And when he does like the hearing test, like they make him like repeat words back to them, and he's getting them all wrong. Um, some of them he's completely off. Some of them he's kind of close. And they said that he was missing like seventy to eighty percent of of things that people were saying to him. So like he was quickly not being able to communicate with him, and he is frustrated as fuck and i was like i don't blame you bruh this shit is, is scary yeah because they don't know what's wrong with him they don't know like what the cause is is the issue um and they don't really they're i mean basically the doctor's like we don't really have time to worry about like what the cause is like at the, the present moment is preserving hearing because they said like it could be the exposure to loud noise it could be an autoimmune it just sort of mm-hmm. um which I didn't realize there's a lot of different ways you can lose your <laughs> lose your hearing. Um I mean from like your your like your what you would typically think, like bursting your eardrum, taking medic but you can also do like lose it via like taking medication or having like a really bad fever or um I think taking like pain meds or something too can can kind of exacerbate things. I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> there's a it's so delicate. Everything is very delicate in there. Um, and I think Riz Ahmed said that he, like I was reading a thing, he did like a playlist for GQ like he, where all the songs that he kind of learned because he didn't know anything about punk music or metal or anything like that. Um, he's a rapper. <laughs> in case anybody didn't know, he, he raps on the side. Um, but he said that he thought it was an autoimmune disorder, but they never go into like what it is. Um, or like what the cause is. Yeah. So, um, but the, the doctor tells him, like you said, that he needs to work on preserving his hearing and do, they can do some tests to kind of figure out like how to manage it and like what's the main source of the problem. Um, cause you know, ears are very delicate, all that, in, you know, inner workings of your ear, <laughs> very delicate. So he's basically saying, like, we can try to figure it out. But then he, <laughs> he kind of fucks up <laughs> because he says maybe later on down the line that you can get like a, like a, an implant where you can hear. And Ruben's just like laser focuses on that statement. And he was like, oh, I can get this fixed. <laughs> and the dude is trying to tell him, like, yeah, like, you can possibly, and it's, like, forty to $80,000, and your insurance won't cover it if you have insurance, but I don't think he does, because he's, like, he's a drummer. Like, he's not a corporate office worker. Ruben does not um, really, uh, he takes in, like, a smidge of what the doctor says, because when he heard, he said, oh, you can get this fixed? Okay, let's fix it. And I was like, okay, that seems like me. I'm very much of, I don't really want to hear all the extra, extra. Just please tell me how to fix this and fix this today. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with anything else. But the doctor is like, you need to listen to me. You need to listen to what I'm saying very carefully. But um, yeah, that does not matter to Ruben at all. He just wants everything fixed so he can be done. He just wants to be himself. Like Yeah, he wants things to go back to the way they were, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he plays a show. 
that it looks like the same night. <laughs> the exact same. Well, he didn't tell Lou. Lou doesn't know. Um, he just left her a message like, I gotta go take care of some shit, but I'll be back. And so they date, uh, he plays a show and like, it seems like it's going well, but then you hear it, like you hear the sound that is actually coming in through his ears, which is very like, very muffled and very like, I guess like tinnitus, is that the right term? Kind of ringing. He's got ringing in his ears a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then he... He's following along and everything, and all of a sudden, he just, like, I think he just has, like, a panic attack and leaves. Like, he's wandering around outside the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then him and Lou go to, like, an IHOP or something, <laughs> and uh, she's freaking out, like, completely and understandably, because um, he's, first of all, he tells her directly opposite of what the doctor told him, which is, like, Oh, yeah, my hearing is going to come back. Yeah. And the doctor said, your hearing is not coming back, sir. He did not frame it the way it was framed. He was, he framed it the way he wants it to be. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll just get this implant or whatever. Yeah, it's a few Gs, but we'll do it. And, like, um, I feel like they call... They call someone named Hector, which at first I thought was their manager, but then I was thinking maybe it's like a sponsor or somebody. That's what I gathered from the conversation. Yeah, the second time I watched this, I like listened to what he said because she, Lou puts them on the phone. Like she's talking to Hector, and he was she was basically like he can't understand a word. Like I can't. Like this is not like I can put you on the phone with him, but he's not gonna understand anything. And um. And also she was worried that he was outside bumming cigarettes from people. Um, And, you know, he's on, like, Ruben is on the phone with Hector and he's, like, just kind of going off on, like, a rant. (laughs) Not even really trying to, like, hear what Hector is saying because he can't. And he's like, oh, yeah, she's mad because I'm, you know, outside looking. I asked for a cigarette or whatever, which I was like, oh, is that, like, a... Like, because it was a stress thing and something like that. And that usually kind of, once you, like, a high-stress situation will usually lead to someone being tempted to do drugs again. Um, Even though they don't mention that he does drugs um, or he was an addict um, at this point. But um, he also mentioned something about, like, Serenity. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this sounds like, this sounds like a sponsor. I only hear things about, like, Serenity and stuff when it turns, when it comes to, like, um, like recovery terminology. This is where things started like clicking into place for me with the story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I, 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 I understand. Like I, <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so Hector gets them I think Hector sends them to a place, um, which comes up in the next scene, which also they were, well, first of all, I think too, he's arguing back and forth with Lou because he wants to keep the tour going. And she's like, it's not safe. Like you can't do like, not even that he can't play. It's just like, it's not safe for him to continue. Um, but he was like, we could just make it work. And he's like, I'll just like play 
I'll play and you follow me or something like that. And like, cause he's like, I know this all about like by heart, which I don't doubt can, you know, considering they're on tour, like that stuff ends up getting, at some point you end up on autopilot, I think when you're on tour, but she has a good sense to be like, no, let's figure this out. Cause at first I was like, oh, please don't let, please don't let her like say, yeah, we'll continue. She's actually like a decent person. Um, and she's like, no, let's figure this out. Um, and so Hector gets them to this place that's in, I, I don't know where, I feel like it's like in the Midwest, maybe Ohio. I think they're like Indiana or something. Well, they mentioned Dayton. So they're somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was like, we can go to the, we can still make it to our show in Dayton. Okay. In Ohio, are you like in the, but it's like out kind of pretty far remote. Say down the street. Um, they make it to this, like, house out in the middle of nowhere, and they meet this guy named Joe. Um, and you kind of figure out that it's like a group home, basically for deaf people. Um, I think it's kind of it's pretty diverse. I think in terms of like, um, like what everybody's situation is. But I feel like they all, like, what they have in common in in most of the of the group is that they're all addicts of something in some way. Yeah, everybody's in various stage of recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because Joe can speak, um, but he, he can't hear. He reads lips. So he's pretty... Um, He's pretty good at, like, communicating. He does use sign language. And then he also tells them, he's like, I was an alcoholic. And I blew, um, I lost my hearing in the Vietnam War when a bomb went off next to me. Um, and then he lost his wife and his kids. But he said it wasn't because of the hearing. It's because he was an alcoholic. And um, I also like this part where they set up the whole, like, uh, talk to text thing. Mm. Set that whole thing. I've never seen. I mean, I feel like they did. Didn't they have that in Scream? I know you don't probably don't remember us talking about this. But she had like this computer. And I remember she talked to the computer and was like, call 911. And I remember being like, Sydney, why do you have that? Oh, like on her computer. Yeah. Yeah. I was very like, this is like, what, 96 or something? So, um, but yeah, so Joe basically... Sets it up so he like Ruben can read what he's saying to him, um, and he tells Ruben that there a church has donated money for him to to stay there, which he's very riled up about because um, he's like we're very non-religious people, <laughs> we don't do the religion thing. And he's like it's not for religious deaf people; it's for people <laughs> like <laughs> so you can stay here. It's not like you have to start, you know doing prayer and stuff which i thought was very interesting because usually in these situations especially with like recovery and addiction and stuff it usually hinges on some sort of like christian dogma and i was very thankful because i was like oh <laughs> had it gone that way i'd have been like oh not this <laughs> not one of these he also from watching it he was all he also just didn't want to do it so he just was looking for any way out. Like if you would have said whatever, he would be opposed to it because 
You gotta wear pink <laughs> at all times. <laughs> it, it, he didn't want to do it. It's a new norm. And then when the next part was presented, it was no way he was going to do it anyway. Um, because it's new surroundings. This is a very, very high stress situation. So I'm yeah. glad the next part happened, even though that was very intense. Um, uh, with him and Lou, yes. Um, yeah. So with how the the center is like a, I've been calling like a center. It's not a center. It's like a. I don't really know what to call it. Either. I was, I saw it was called as a rehab, but it doesn't. It's not rehab in like the way we. It's think like a rehab. It's. I don't know. My, but yeah. I also didn't want to call it a halfway house because that sounded wrong too. It's I don't not really that know. either. It's um, I don't know. And um, it's been a long week, and I can't think of a appropriate terminology, y'all. So please forgive us. Um, but like, you can live there. Like, it's you live there, but you have to live there. Like, you can't like go home and come back. Like, it's it's like residential. Like. It's you stay on the premises at all times. I don't think you. you have, no keys, no phone. No. Uh, yeah, no contact with the outside world. Which I was like, how long does that last? Until. That's what I was trying to figure out too, because they didn't set like how long he was there, but we get yeah. we assumed he was there for some time. Um, I at least a few months. Yeah. Um, but part of him staying there was that he couldn't like go back and forth to his RV and also Lou couldn't stay there with him. And that like was a no, like that was a hard no for him at that point. Mm -hmm. And for Lou, it was a no, you have to stay. Like if you don't stay like we can't continue like this. So yeah, it was very interesting how they talked about it too. Because I think he like there he was like, no, we'll just like we'll just figure it out or whatever. And she's looking really worried, like super worried. Um, and I think the next morning they probably sleep wherever in the airstream wherever they parked or whatever. And then the next morning, she gets up and she hears him, like, basically destroying. I don't know what he was destroying, like, equipment or something part of the Airstream. But he was, like, kicking and breaking and stomping and and banging and crying and flipping the hell out, basically. And I don't even know if that was because of the high... I think it was, like, the high-stress situation and probably he wanted to use. That's kind of what I got from it. Yeah, because he told Joe, like... In the, like, brief conversation that they had, we found out that he, like, in the past, used a lot of drugs, and his drug of choice was heroin, and he had been sober for four years, and he asked, like, Joe asked, like, when did he meet um, Lou four years ago? So we can assume that she helped him get clean? Yeah, I, I saw a thing that Olivia Cook said. They said she, like... Like, the director had a backstory for Lou. She said that she had a... I don't want to spoil everything. <laughs> but, like, she had a pretty traumatic childhood. Um, and then she ended up in rehab 
where she met Ruben and that's when they became like lovers and care and then they started to care for each other and I guess like keep each other accountable and then um, they also formed this like uh, musical group. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, because we don't really get a lot of, we get some of Lou's backstory but not to like the end because um, she has a character arc too so you just don't see it on screen. Mm-hmm. It's more about Ruben and his story but um, yeah, they're very, um, I would say codependent on each other. In that sense, um, if they met each other at pretty, pretty rough times in their lives and, and have depended on each other for that long to like keep each other together and they work together, they sleep together, (laughs) they live together. In a small space, like if they. A small space. There's no one else there. It's not like her smell where there's like a revolving door people. There's no shamans. They're together. Like they're. Yeah together together all Peanut butter the time and yeah 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 and so um yeah he's losing it and she's freaked out for him and she she makes the right call like she decides to leave him there like she leaves him there for his health she mm-hmm. leaves him there to get the help that he needs in this moment because she loves and cares for him yeah, I was worried at first. I was like, oh, God, is she leaving him to, like, go be famous? I was really worried about that. I was really worried about that. I was like, please, I want to be one of them things where she goes off and becomes famous or some shit. And he, I think in that moment, that's what he is worried about. Like, he is worried yeah. that she's just kicking him off to the side to go continue on the tour without him. And that she's never coming back to him because and it mentions like an album too, mm-hmm. like something about like oh is this about the album or whatever, which I don't even know. Like were they in the stages of probably they were in the stages of recording if they have all that recording equipment and stuff. But you know, Lou's like no, this is for you. I need you to do this. But also too, it's it's affecting her because she says if you hurt yourself, I hurt myself or something like that. And I was like no, no, Mama. I was like, oh, that that's in, that's intense, y'all. That's intense. That's intense. And also, he talks about he wants to kill himself. Yeah, like I was like, blowing his brains out. I was like, no, this is this is cause for concern. And that's what really had her rattled because you could see it like on her face, like that when he said that she was very very concerned, and that's kind of what probably pushed her to make that decision for him. Because she mm-hmm. knew he wasn't going to make that decision for her for himself, so she nope. had to make the decision for both of them. Yep. Um, and she ends up taking a cab, I think, and they have a really, really emotional like separation. Um, because he's crying and then like kind of stomping, and then they're kissing, and then like <laughs> he does not want to go, and she, and she don't want to go. He's like, if anything's fucked up out there, you come back. And she's gone, and he is there in a new life. Like, this is a new life for him, and he has to become accustomed to it. Yeah, he has to give him the, uh, he has to give Joe his car keys, he has to give him the phone, he has to live in a house full of people he does not know, um, that he cannot communicate with, um, as of right now. They have like a group session 
where uh, Ruben introduces himself. I love how he says, I can't, did he say I can't talk sign language or something like that? I think so. I thought like that and I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> like I can't talk sign language or something like that. But so Joe is like his like, he basically signs what Ruben says to everybody. But then they start going around and like a lot of people can't speak like they don't speak or um kind of like how joe speaks like one guy kind of says like i my name is blah blah blah, and i'm a heroin addict and then like the rest of everybody else which i don't think that would even help ruben can't hear so i mean it don't really doesn't really matter but you kind of see like everybody's at different stages of like like it's not everybody's not affected by their deafness in the same way some people can do this some people can't do this and so um, which I thought that was interesting. Like you don't have to, it's not, everybody's not having the same experience, um, mm-hmm. in that sense. So some people could just be partially deaf or something like that, you know? So, um, are hearing it or experiencing mm-hmm. hearing loss and mm-hmm. like, that's the community. Mm-hmm. And there's older people there, like really older, <laughs> very older people there. And there's younger people there, um, so I thought that was good, but there's he he can't communicate with anybody, so he's really isolating for him initially because they're having these lively ass conversations at dinner, and all Ruben could do is just eat or something. Like he can't really say anything to anybody. I mean, he could probably talk to Joe or something like that, but he's just kind of like there by himself. It was like I okay, I'm trying. I'm like getting a little ahead of myself. So you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you, girl. <laughs> no, like I'm getting ahead of myself. He like sits in on these sessions, and Joe kind of like observes him. Is like, okay, so you're here. What are you doing? Like, I guess Joe could kind of like sense something within him. And wanted him to spend time, like, reflecting. And also try to push him to learn a little bit more. Like, try to learn how to communicate with, like, the people that he's living with right now. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a job, like... You know, chores and stuff, like do, you know, dishes and take out the garbage and stuff. And his job is to learn how to be deaf, um, which includes like talking to people, um, talking like learning sign language. Um, he also sits in um, at a nearby school. There's like a school nearby that I guess they work with that is for the deaf. Um, I, I was laughing because I was like, why did he name like they were asking for his name and stuff. And he wrote it on the board, but he wrote it so fucking big and obnoxious and aggressive. And I was like, bitch, nobody asked you to do all that. If you don't tone that attitude down, sir. I was like, chill out. And then I don't remember. I wish I I could have found this online, but I didn't know if you knew what like the cross fingers mean when he's like the Uh, teacher and the students are trying to to do that. I don't. R, R like R is in Ruben. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I was wondering because I was like, I saw it some 
somewhere i was like what is the cross fingers mean i was like is this a, like a is this like a thing or is this like a like what is this but also his handwriting was atrocious so maybe that's why <laughs> maybe that's why they asked him because girl that handwriting was ass so <laughs> that makes sense um but i just wanted to make sure i wasn't missing anything important in that because i was like oh what, what's going on but he also sits in on like a music class um and things like that and so he's he seems kind of like not really into it um at the time um and i think too uh you know he's not supposed to have contact with the outside world but he keeps sneaking up to that um to the room where he met with joe initially because there's a computer there and he uh logs into his email and sees that he got like an email from from um, from Lou, so she ain't forget about him, which I was worried about too. I was like, please don't tell me this girl went off and just like ghosted him forever. I was like, that's that's too, no. <laughs> Thank, please don't let that be one of these stories too. Um, but no, she's writing like all this like I, basically like I love you, I love you, love you. His the whole thing was in all caps. She calls him Ruby, mm. which I thought was sweet. Um, and at one point, he's, like, I think he's trying to start, like, making him, I guess what he thinks he wants to do is, like, make himself useful, quote-unquote. And so he ends up um, trying to fix part of the roof. And Joe says, like, you don't have to fix things here. That's not, you don't need to do that. That's not what the whole point of this is to, um, this whole experience is supposed to be about. Um, and then he gives him an assignment, which is to sit still in a room and if he can't do that, he wants him to write. Um, and it has to be writing, not drawing. And um, he says he's going to be doing the same thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> Ruben does not know how to sit still. He does not. Um, it's like too much for him. Like he brings his donut and coffee in the room and stuff. And he, he seems like he's game. And he immediately starts punching the fucking donut and ripping it to shreds and then calling everything fucking stupid and... It's too much. It's too much for him right now. Yeah, it's too much. He just doesn't want to, like... He's not going to get what he should get out of it. Um, it's just, like, too... He's still, It's still too fresh for him to, like, really see, like, how that would be beneficial to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um... Which I don't know. That's... Is that... Well... I don't really have like firsthand experience or whatever with it, but I was wondering like how much of this was rooted in like traditional sort of rehabilitation methods or, or is this something different? Um, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, um, I don't know either. But I can tell you something about when your norm like your quote unquote quote unquote normal changes it's it's very hard to accept if you are used to doing something and then suddenly you can't do it anymore or you have to do it in a different way than what you're used to it's it's hard and you will you will you will not accept it at first you push through it. You do whatever you can to just keep doing it the way that you want to do it because that's the way you've been doing it the whole time. 
But sometimes your body will be like, you think? And you, you just can't do it that way. Yeah. I would say people, as much as people say they're very open-minded, people are very, very predispositioned to doing the same thing. Or people who say they want to change, want some sort of change, um, even then. People react very, very violently sometimes to change, any sort of change to like how they do stuff. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Anybody who says they're this, like, yeah, I can just change on a dot. Like, usually, no. <laughs> usually, no. Um, and then specifically, like, if it's, if it's something where you didn't, you didn't make the change yourself, and your body says no more or something like that, um... I mean, you can fight your body all you want to, but your body is your body. <laughs> your body's going to do what your body wants to do. So that's really hard, but he is not ready for any of that shit. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to, he, he starts kind of getting a little bit into it more. Um, as far as being there, like he starts learning the alphabet. Um, he's able to like sign the alphabet. Um, he drums with the kids. Um, he also writes when he's in the room, but it's still very scribbly. I don't think he was writing anything of substance <laughs> or anything of like of anything. He still still can't sit still. He's also drawing tattoos for people, which I was like, if these are these tattoos came from, yeah, he's I a, think he's a so. Nice little naked woman. For one of the women in the in the um, in the group, she said she requ- she requested a little bit more hair, a little bit more pubic hair, and I was like, okay, <laughs> customize it, customize <laughs> your tattoos, pubic hair, um, and then things get kind of weird because they start talking about the future. And is Ruben going to stay and kind of work within the group somehow? Or is he going to work with the kids? Um, because the kids love him. Like, the kids really they like do. him. Yeah, he's really good with them. Um, I mean, I can see him kind of doing, like, music and stuff with them and stuff like that. Um, and he seems to have gotten really... Like, he's really... Um, I feel like he's found his way in the group, Like he can like communicate with people at dinner and he's like laughing and joking with people. Um, but then he does it again. He goes to that computer and he goes and checks their band's website and somebody has left like a message in their forum that says that they saw Lou in Paris performing and it's completely different from what they were doing. I don't know what the hell she was supposed to be doing. I don't know what she was doing at this moment. It's like weird performance art looking stuff. Yes. It's like her her and a mic and a couple of pedals. Stripped down, more intimate. And she didn't even have an uh, instrument. No, she just chilling on the floor singing. Yeah, and I was like, what is she supposed to be doing, girl? I also like how Ruben had left a message. 
mm-hmm. earlier talking about like I read a little bit. I was like, oh, he had said like, oh, we're dealing with some shit, but we'll we'll be back and stuff like that. I think his his handle was like Ruben. Mm-hmm. It's Ruben bitches or something like that. Yes, <laughs> with a bunch of s's. <laughs> and I was like, this goofy shit. <laughs> um, and that's when he decides that he is not going to stay. Well, not that he's not going to stay, but that he's going to go on with his original plan of getting the ear implant. And so he starts um, basically breaking down the Airstream piece by piece. So selling all his equipment. I Did he loop in uh, Miss Mamas with the, mm-hmm. the tattoo? Yeah. To sell some of his stuff yeah. for him? And she was like, uh, I don't know about this, but he's like, I'm doing this for her or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the money for her. And I was like, does he think that she's like singing for her supper? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. And then, um, uh, cause I mean, not to spoil it, but Lou is not in ha- suffering on hard times. I would say not money wise at all. Um, but they he ends up selling the airstream for like twenty six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, as long as he can buy it back in two months at like a ten percent increase or something like that. <sighs> so he still hasn't really gotten the the idea that that this life is not coming back <laughs> because he says he wants it in the same condition, everything like as it is. So I was like, you're not, it's not clicking. It's still not clicking. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he decides to get the surgery. He ends up contacting, what is it, an, audio, an audiologist? Mm-hmm. And he goes and has the surgery, which I don't think he tells anybody. Which no. I was like, how long are you in, in the hospital? You just disappeared. Yeah, I guess so. I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, in any normal circumstance, I don't think you can do that. Just leave and disappear. He gets it done. Yeah, it looked very, um, looked very intense. I don't really know how that whole thing works. Um, looked like they were scraping some skull <laughs> at one point. I was like, uh, <laughs> this is, this is very intense. It's giving TLC. Oh, yeah. You know how you flip? Through TLC, and you'll just see, like, a random, like, open heart. Not open heart surgery, but just, like, some open surgery happening. Yeah. I was like, I know this is the learning channel, or it was the learning channel, but this is intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he gets his surgery. He comes back, and this is when he has his meeting with Joe, right? This is, yeah, he has his meeting. He's got a little hat on because he's got like a little, um, he's got like his head wrapped around or whatever. And um, yeah, he has this discussion with Joe because Joe didn't even know where he disappeared to, number one. Because um, he was laid up in the bed at least for a day or two because um, he has to come back. The, the surgery does not work immediately. They have to like, I guess like let you heal or let your body like get used to it maybe. Um, and like in a month they come back and they like turn it on 
um, which I didn't know that's how that worked either. So I was like, oh, I learned something today. Um, and so, um, yeah, he has this really intense conversation with Joe. And Joe lets him know that he can't stay here because deafness is not something to fix yeah that's the whole point of the place it's and like working with the kids like they're not it's not supposed to be like you need to be fixed necessarily um there's nothing like the matter with you um and at one point, Ruben, I don't know, Ruben said some stuff about if I disappear, like, nobody cares. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what his, like, reasoning was for getting the whole thing. Like, nobody really gives a shit um, what he does regardless. Um, and, like, he's asking Joe for money, which Joe kind of says is kind of given, like, it seems like he's talking like an addict again or something like that. Um He's like, my girlfriend's rich. My girlfriend's dad is rich, so I don't like need your money. And she's like, I need, a, I do need a place to stay until they like fit, turn on the, the implant and stuff. And he tells him he can't. Um, I really like this line where he talks about like where Joe talks about the moments of, of stillness. That's the kingdom of God, and that place will never abandon you. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ruben still hasn't learned how to just be still. Mm-hmm. and sort of self-reflect on himself he's still trying to get his old life back trying to like make everything the way it was and he is just not clicking still that like that's not really what your life is going to be like um and even though he's seen like how his life can be and how rewarding or feeling it could be um he still doesn't really see it that way um which is why he goes and gets the surgery because he just wants everything to be as it was before um but he's kicked out. He told me he can't even stay like that night. Like he's like, you have to get your stuff and leave. Yeah. But she looks very like remorseful about it. Yeah. It's not like a it's not like a get the fuck out <laughs> kind of discussion. But it is. Yeah. He's like, you can't stay here because you can't like you break in tr- like trust with the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that we just can't have that. Yeah. And he. Finds his way back to Lou. Well, first he gets his thing oh, turned yeah. on. Yeah, he does. And he finds... I think he's staying at like a, like a hotel or something. Smoking, like chain smoking up a storm. <laughs> he finds that it's different now. I did not know that this is what was going to happen. <laughs> it's it's different. It's um, when he gets yeah. his um, implant turned on. Um, his hearing is different. It is it's like listening through, like I'm listening to you talk to me through like tinfoil. Yeah, it's a little distorted. He might get some feedback on things. And Very it, intense feedback. And it's different. Like You know how they have those videos where they have like the kids that like hear for the first time because they get like an implant and the kids are just like marveled and stuff? Mm-hmm. This is the exact opposite reaction. Like, at first, he's really like, oh, my God, I can start to hear. But he's like, everything sounds fucked up. And then he has her, like, adjusted a couple times. He's like, it still sounds bad. And she's like, you, like, this is not hearing. Like, you're not hearing through your ears. You, What this is doing is tricking your brain and thinking that you're hearing. But she's like, your ears still don't work. Like, they're not functioning. And it's just like, he's like, shit. 
Like he had no idea because he don't listen. <laughs> he was just like, I need this to be fixed now. Um, but he didn't, I don't think he ever took the time maybe to be like, to think that, or maybe he didn't discuss it with them as far as like how much of his like original hearing he would get back or anything. He would just like cut me open. Yeah. Or like it, even in those moments of stillness that Joe recommended that he take, like if you wanted to proceed forward with getting surgery, like researching the surgery. Yeah, he was just like, Oh, you can put you can put something in me to like make me hear maybe he thought it was like hearing aids or something. Yeah. I don't really know how hearing aids work, but I would think they would just amplify sound. Yeah. And not like completely kind of rebuild sound because I don't really understand how the implants work. They're also humongous. He has to wear them on the back of his head because he ends up shaving off his hair because mm-hmm. um, they had to shave him just to put the implants in on the side um, because they do like this. Oh, it's a terrible looking scar. And they put it in behind your ear. And then he also has this thing that like kind of connects that like rests on the back of his head. And so it's not... Um, it's not like discreet or anything. Like it's like a, it's a, it's a system. Um, and he's, he thought like everything would just be like magically okay again. And it is definitely not. Cause I was like, this sounds horrible. I guess if you'd never heard sound before, it'd be like, you know, a godsend. But I was like, uh, this is not what he was expecting. And it wasn't what I was expecting. Cause I was like, at some points I was like, this sounds like, in between, like, crunching up tinfoil, but also rubbing, like, fabric near your ear constantly. I was like, this is sounds, this is, this is giving me a panic attack right now. I was like, I don't know how you would deal with it. And then he ends up going to Europe, like you said, to find Lou, because Lou is in Paris. Um, and that is just, that noise times 200 the crunch of the gravel oh my god (laughs) a lot like every sound is like amplified and distorted Amplified, but also distorted so it's just like everything like you know like this is kind of right but it's not right like you can hear the the um the siren sounds but then like you can also hear like the gravel and the gravel sounds all scratchy and and stuff and then uh it's a lot. Like once they, like when they did that uh, with the sound, I was like, "Oh, this is, this is making me a little itchy." <laughs> to be honest, it's a lot to deal with. But he he goes like he goes to Lou's dad's house, and there we find out that Lou is like the daughter of a music, like is a musician. Yeah, I think he's a famous French musician. And um, he's there to surprise her. She doesn't know he's there. Yeah, I was like, Ruben, why would you do that? (laughs) I was like, Ruben, don't do that. Doesn't know, like, doesn't know that he had surgery. Doesn't know that she's there. He's there. He just popped up. Just popped up. Uh You can't pop up on Vogue. Especially not halfway around the world, sir. Mm-mm. Don't pop up. 
after months and months is uh, for your own sake. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to do that. Um, also, his dad or her dad is like, first of all, I never liked you. <laughs> I never liked you. I think he said because he thought he like took like his precious daughter away or something. Even though, from what I got from the backstory, is that like the dad was the dad was never around in the first place. And she and then, lived with her mom, right? She lived with her mom. Her mom had like severe mental health issues, and her mom ended up committing suicide. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "How dare you say anything, <laughs> sir? <laughs> you wasn't there." But he ends up thanking Ruben because I guess like he he said that she, like he helped Lou, Lou or Louise. Sorry. Um. So it's a very awkward conversation because I was like, sir, what? <laughs> Sorry, you ain't shit. They, yeah, it's a pop-up. It's a dad conversation. It's a family issues conversation. It's it's why like, they tell a lie in that like five minutes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> give me a lot of information. I'm overwhelmed. Where is Lou? <laughs> And Lou comes in and she's all cute now. Mm-hmm. And she's got like a, her hair's short and all like put together. Her eyebrows are a regular color. Um, so she's all like really put together. Um, and Ruben has come in or at least arrived on a day where um, her father is throwing a party of some kind. I think it's his birthday party. I don't remember. Um, so there's a lot of people. So they end up like Lou's like, yeah, come to the party and stuff. And then like him walking around the party was also a lot. It's just a lot of sound. Mm-hmm. A lot, like, oh, like, I don't know if you can adjust the volume on those. Mm. But I was like, this is. Oh, for, for me, as someone who doesn't like to be around a lot of people at one time, um, and usually have to like escape from large groups of people after a minute, um, I was getting very overwhelmed just hearing all of this. And I was also thinking, I know a girl who she didn't get in like a cochlear implant, but she got something I guess akin to like hearing aids, and she she like had posted about it and she's like I didn't realize like how much I was missing in terms of like sound and stuff like that um and like hearing things but then also she's like some days I just cannot <laughs> listen to this shit she was like I cannot hear my kids running up and down the stairs and I can hear the dog is panting and stuff and she's like this is awful like this is too much mm-hmm. it's she's like this is like, she's like, I'm very grateful for this, but this is also, like, too much for me <laughs> sometimes. And I was like, listening to this party is too fucking much for me, man. Um, and then uh, Lou and her dad sing, like, a pretty beautiful song together. It's in French. I don't really know what was being said. French education going out the window. Uh, <laughs> um, and it sounds really great, but then they, all the way it fades back into, like, all the distortion and stuff and how Ruben's hearing it. I was like, this shit is heartbreaking. Okay. I know they reconnect. Yeah. They end up making out in bed. In like her bed. Um, but the vibe was off. 
Yeah. It's, if it's, you're making out with someone and, and she says, oh, let me get a drink of water. It's a little dry. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this relationship is coming to a close. It's, it's, it's different. Everything is different. She is different. He's different. It's, it's different. Yeah. He said he's proud of her because she can speak French and stuff. And, and like, he didn't know she could even do that. And she's asking about his surgery, I think. And it is still very clear that Ruben wants to go back to his old life. He's talking about we need to, like, start up the everything back up again as soon as I get the Airstream. Because she doesn't know about the Airstream being so, sold. And so he's like, yeah, I just need to like take care of some financial stuff, but we can like get back up to the tour and things like that. And Louise immediately starts scratching her arm. Hmm. Like immediately, which I didn't realize either. Like, like he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. It might be time to go on separate paths now. Yeah. I mean, they're already on separate paths already. Um, and like, he thanks her for saving his life. And then she says the same and they're hugging, but they're also crying. Well, he's crying. Um, and the next day he leaves. Yeah. So the relationship is over. And again, Paris is so goddamn loud. <laughs> I don't even remember it being this loud. I think I had phones in, but I was like, there's no way. <laughs> I don't know if I'd enjoy this shit <laughs> with no headphones in. This is too much, man. It's just overwhelming. And then, like, he's he's sitting there and he's listening to all the all the traffic and all the people walking. And there's some kids beating each other up across the street. <laughs> and um, and then the church bells start ringing and they sound like tin cans. And he's sitting there and eventually he just takes his his uh. His little headset off and it's quiet like complete total silence and he's still for like the first time hmm. and that's the end of the movie I guess you all probably would say like would gather that we obviously would recommend this movie but Ashley, like, what are your thoughts overall on the movie? Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, so I, um, was surprised about a lot of things. I don't really watch any of those, like, videos of, like, babies getting, like, they're, like, hearing something for the first time. So, like, I just am aware of them, but I was like, I'm glad it was like markedly different like it's not like they portray this very realistically i think because i think in the in the eyes of someone who isn't disabled in some way or has a hearing issues or however saying like oh you can just get this fixed like this and that's it um but it's not that simple um because had I known, I would have been like, like, I had no idea that's what it sounded like for real. And I was like, no, that sounds, that, that, that's, that does not feel like an option. <laughs> um, and of course, for other people, it's different for them. The stakes are much higher. But I was like, yeah, this is, this is very eye opening in terms of like what's available to people um, to like manage their hearing and stuff like that. 
So, um, of course, I think like Riz Ahmed did a really great job, especially like looking at this now, um, kind of like looking at for for the movie or sorry for the podcast. Just like Ty taking his performance, he has a lot of he's got some pretty intense, pretty intense um, performances he's giving across the board because like I've seen I think the other one I've maybe the most intense or maybe the most transformative maybe not most intense most transformative I've seen him in was when he was in the night of which is a mini have you seen the night of no what what is it about it's about um a young Pakistani American kid who lives like in Queens or some shit like that um who is hanging out with this white girl and he is there when she is murdered. Um, mm. And he, of course, is blamed for the murder and he gets put in Rikers and there is a whole sort of um, campaign to get him out, like with the, you know, he has a lawyer and stuff like that. And um, I feel like he's demonized too because he's a brown kid, she's a white girl. And... Um, by the end of it, he has been transformed into, like, this completely other kid. Because he's, like, a sweet kid at the beginning. Very kind of, like, you know, kind of timid, little, um, very, like, soft-spoken. And by the end of that shit, girl, mm. I was like, oh, he's a completely different person. Like, he is just, that That did a number on him. And so this is kind of a different transformation. Um because also in that, in that show, he, like, physically transformed because he ends up shaving his head. He looks like he's a little bodybuilder at one point. And Riz Ahmed is, like, 5'8 or something. He's, like, a petite king. So, <laughs> like, look at you with the broad shoulders all of a sudden. Um, but, yeah, I thought I thought this was really... This is a really strong performance from him. This is a really strong performance from both of them, even though you don't really see Olivia Cook's character as much as hers. But I... I liked it all around um, and it didn't kind of like make him into some sort of like saint or whatever. It didn't really go the way I thought it was going to go um, with everything kind of being wrapped up in a nice pretty little bow at the end. Like, oh, he found the strength to carry on kind of stuff like that. Those movies are so, like I get their purpose, but it feels like it's that purpose for like a certain group of people who probably aren't really that's not really their experience at all. And so I really liked how they treat this as kind of like a more realistic thing. And probably this is probably what happens for a lot of people. Um, in terms of having to kind of really like figure out shit and it's not all going to be solved by like one surgery or one sort of miracle cure or something like that. So I thought that was really, really good, really strong writing, really good, strong story. Um, Strong performances, so yeah, I enjoyed it. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking as shit, man. Yeah, I was like, ooh, Lord, it's not gonna be easy for a while, but yeah, I um, I thought it was really strong. I'm really, I'm really glad, especially since I was waiting for like the fucking whole year to to watch it. I can't imagine if I sat there and was like, I can't wait to watch this, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh god, this is terrible. Yeah. That, that would have been the thing to break me in 2020. <laughs> that would have been the last thing. Yeah. Like, this, it, it's, a, it's a really good movie. Like you were saying, it's a really strong performance. So, like, 
for all the awards that it hopefully is nominated for. I hope it wins some. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I learned some new things. Um, it was pretty affecting for me. Like it was, it was affecting for me. Um, because I, I, like, I understand it in a way to want to fix something that can't be fixed. Like, to, like, I, I get it. Um, like, no, I haven't lost, like, my hearing or anything, but I, I understand that drive. I understand, like, to, be so dead set on fixing something that you can't go back to where you were before and having to learn how to accept it and just move forward with your life and adapt to your new way of living. Um, so watching the film, I was just like, okay, I, I get it. And I did learn more about like the community. Um, and that was really interesting um and like I don't want to say cool but like cool um it was cool I mean it was cool to see like a whole I mean like it's, yeah I mean so it's a it's a community like you said it's a community there's like ways of communicating and and seeing how people have like adapted to um you know playing music and stuff like that like that's really cool I think that's really cool I don't think that's really shown a lot um, no especially like in movies um, you know, I feel like the most, what was the most recent time I've seen like a deaf character in a movie? I think the last time I saw it was like in Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I just watched like a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it wasn't like anything like, uh, anything like offensive. It's like, I think it was Hugh Grant's brother was deaf and so they communicated and stuff. And I've seen some other ones kind of similar to that but nothing like examining like the community as a whole um if you if y'all know any please tell us yeah i will certainly watch it like in the past like i was enrolled to take like some asl classes mm -hmm. i really want to learn asl just to be able to communicate better with other people um mm -hmm. and ooh, now that i'm feeling better I want to do that because I wasn't able to do that due to migraines because I have to adapt to my new normal dealing with chronic pain. So mm -hmm. that's, that's why I'm able to understand it. So like I, I have literally like for me dealing with chronic pain, I have, I was willing to do any and every treatment available I was mm -hmm. willing to let somebody crack open the noggin to do anything to fix it before I had to like sit still and say like it it can't like you can't fix it you have to accept it. So mm -hmm. I get it. Like I get it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a really good movie. Like I yeah. highly recommend it. It's a good yeah. movie, y'all. Like it's it's mm -hmm. a good movie. 
yeah. It's very, it's a, it's a very affecting movie. Mm-hmm. So we both recommend this movie. Do you have a um, recommendation to go along with this movie? Because I don't, actually. <laughs> I was trying to think of one and I was like, I really don't know. Um, I don't. Um, I feel like you should watch this. So, okay, we don't have any recommendations. I, I think this is great. I think this pairs well with her smell in terms of, um, maybe this is a little bit less chaotic in terms of pacing and things like that and, and how time is kind of shown. But I think the moments of stillness for both Ruben and Becky something um, are pretty infecting, even though hers... They're both kind of tinged with some, like, it's it's not quite, like, the problem isn't necessarily solved, um, but maybe they're taking the steps to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope, I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I really hope Ruben kind of figures himself out in yeah. some way, shape or form. Like, I, I generally started to care about, care about him as a character. So, we have a couple things to talk about um we have picked our pair for next month Mm -hmm. i'm excited to talk about it one is technically part of a tv series Mm -hmm. again sorry about giving an entity money but it's cute um (laughs) it's cute y'all it's cute but we're going to be talking about the Atlant um Atlantics, not the Atlantics, but just Atlantics. Mm-hmm. Sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lovers Rock. So yeah, I'm really excited about Lovers Rock. I am because it was cute. It was cute, y'all. It was cute. <laughs> like content warning for um parts of it, but just keep that in, in terms mind. Of what content? What kind of content? Um, there warning. is an attempted rape in there, so content okay. warning. Okay. Just so you know. But it's a good film series. Um, do you got to watch all of them to watch this one? Or no. Like, Hell no. Okay. You think I got the attention span for that? I don't know. Some people are watching it like a, like a miniseries almost. Like they will watch it one week. Because it didn't all come out when, at least in England, it didn't come out in, at once. It was like a weekly thing. No, I just watched the first two and I was like, okay, I'm tapping out, Steve. <laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> Um, uh, I was thinking about watching the one with John Boyega. But oh, that was watched. the next one I was going to watch. Then I was like, all right. I haven't watched any of them. Um, but I heard about it. Uh, I heard that they were pretty good, but I just haven't sat down and watched them. Um, it's been... Uh, I don't know when they came out. Because depending on when they came out, I was probably not in the space to be watching movies. But, um, but yeah, so... It should be really interesting. I'm really excited for Atlantics. I've been trying to get Brittany to watch it with me for like the entirety of 2020. And then she finally did. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> I also went left because I was like, oh, shit, I was expecting all this shit <laughs> to happen. I was expecting all this to happen. But also, I did not know most of what was going to happen. It got um, real. I should stop reading. It got real intense. It got kind of like, can I keep you vibes? But... <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Not can I keep you? Bitch, stop. 
watch Casper. <laughs> where, can I, where can I watch said movie? But it's cute. Um, and we also got a listener letter. So yeah, we're not going to read, read it. it but We're not going to read it? No, because like, it was like can- movie recommendations for us. And oh, do you want to read it? I can read it. I like reading them. I can't I like read you guys so. out. Really don't want to read it because she can't read. That's no, can't okay, read. I'll skip over some um, parts of it. But this is from I don't know if you want us to say your name, so I won't say your name. I guess. <laughs> um, but the listener letter says. Hey guys, first off, I want to say I've been a big fan of the podcast since the beginning and it's been my favorite ever since. I wasn't exactly sure what to say in this listener letter besides some general questions and comments. So here it goes. I know you've both talked about the movie Hereditary, um, parentheses, one of my personal faves, TBH. And I've heard Brittany in particular mention that she enjoys the movie. Of course you have. So I was wondering if you guys have ever considered doing an episode for it. I feel like it would pair well with either The Babadook or The Exorcist. I also wanted to know if either of you guys like the movie Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, another one of my favorite horror movies. Um, and I would love to hear you guys talk about it. I think Redacted um, on Twitter would be perfect for the episode if you decide to do it. Um, this person suggested a, a guest of ours. Um, I won't say who because... Y'all just stick around. So <laughs> lastly, I just wanted to personally recommend some movies for both of you. Not for a particular episode or anything. I just thought you guys might enjoy them. Thank you again for being one of the best podcasts out. No, I didn't make up any of those compliments. They generally said this. So for me, I was recommended um, because I like David Fincher and Zodiac. Um, a movie called Cure, Memories of a Murder, Symphony for Mr. Vengeance, Night of the Hunter, Uptight, and City on Fire, and for Britney, because I <laughs> you're got, a fan, because you're a fan of our Ari Aster and another wild movie. I got Save uh, the Green Planet, Popcorn, uh, which I have been trying to find a decent rip of for like 20 years. The Cook, <laughs> The Thief, His Lover, and wait, His Wife and His Lover, see, I told y'all I can't read. It's um, okay. We're gonna make it. I had on my watch list and birth y'all i started watching that last week <laughs> let me tell y'all <laughs> and big trouble in little china and barking dogs never bite <sighs> like, i've never seen most of the lens on your list besides big trouble in little china i didn't really like it but um i don't really like john carpenter that much i mean we be trying i'm trying <gasps> but like we're just not i'm sorry you no i'm not sorry <laughs> you don't like the thing bruh I haven't seen the thing still. We talked about this. Oh, okay. But I probably won't like it because I don't really like John Carpenter. But um, I, I think I've seen Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. I want to say I have. Um, but I don't recognize any of these shots. So I might be thinking of another Sympathy movie. Because it's like a series, isn't it? Um. Of like vengeance trilogies. Oh, is it was it Lady Vengeance? It might have been Lady Vengeance. And I have seen Old Boy, but I've never seen Symphony from Mr. Vengeance. Oh, oh boy. Mm, that wow. I thought Old Boy was gonna be the shit. Yeah, I have seen Lady Vengeance because I remember her makeup. She had all this like cool red uh eyeshadow, and I was like, oh, that is something that I would like to do. 
for myself. But I, um, yeah, Old Boy was disappointing. <laughs> but I think also Old Boy was disappointing because I watched it um, dubbed. And I will not make that mistake again. So uh, if I do ever revisit that, um, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, all the rest of these I've never heard of. Here is good. Okay. This is, these are really great recommendations. And yeah. I, we really appreciate them. I feel like you you nailed our taste. Yeah, really I was well. a nervous. I was, I think, I think this person follows me on Letterboxd. I didn't give you a name person, um, but I think you follow me on Letterboxd. I recognize your name. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure they've been like, oh, she likes this kind of weird shit. <laughs> but, um, and I guess they got you really well. Yeah. What is birth about? Child. Is birth? Yeah, child. Anything with the word birth in it, I feel really disgusted by. It's this movie with Nicole Kidman, right? And her, like, husband, or, yeah, I think it's her husband. Her husband passed away. And this little boy show up at her door like, knock, knock, hey, y'all. I'm her husband. Oh, no. I'm her dead husband. And she believes, like, a part of her believes that the little boy is her husband. And she's, like, engaged to an adult man. So, yeah. Girl. Yeah. It's like, okay, girl. Uh-huh. 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 And, like, the little boy, like, the little boy is like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm Samuel or whatever the husband name is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it me. And everybody in her family's like, he is, he's gone. So, like, let's just keep it moving. We understand what you're going through. But, like, no, that's not him. That's not him. And then... Okay. <laughs> it's... I mean, it just sounds very... Wild. Yes. Yeah. I'm reading the synopsis and I'm just like, go, what? Yeah, I was like... And the, the fact of the matter, too, is I've been watching that crazy-ass show um, on Apple TV called Servant. With like this, with the baby, with the Renezme baby. <laughs> I can't do no more births. <laughs> no more children coming back from wherever the hell. I was like, okay, Nicole Kidman, let's let's get this together. Nicole be in some movies, man. Mm-hmm. She do. Well, these are good. Thank you for this listener letter. This is a, um, a pretty great list. We're excited. Thank you for the suggestion. Oh, I haven't seen Tales from the Crypt. I should have said that. I haven't seen Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Um, uh, we thought about watching it, I think, but we didn't for whatever reason. Uh, and I think, too, I couldn't find it. Um, last year when I was doing my, my intense Halloween horror-watching um Thing for the month of October. I won't be doing that again. <laughs> I got burned too many times. But um, I might try to watch this. I love Jada Pinkett Smith and I love Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. He's very fine. It's fun. So, um, yeah, I don't... It's probably going to pop up on Stars or somewhere like that. It probably, I'll just keep an eye out for it. It probably is on Stars. You know how Stars do. Mm-hmm. Supporting us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And then this other one, oh, um, I mean, we, I feel like one day we we're going to do Hereditary. I don't know when Brittany will be in the space to actually talk about that movie without laughing. So you, I mean, who knows? I, <laughs> I would, that is literally my favorite movie. Like it's okay. Top one of my faves, like for okay. real, for real. And I, okay. she's gonna laugh one day I will off. be able to tell you why it's my favorite movie. Um, but I don't know when that day will be. So we'll find okay. out. So I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, I think we talked about doing the Duke with that. Um, or the Exorcist. Well, I don't know. That's just is kind of boring. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, the Exorcist is boring. But the Duke was pretty um, interesting considering, you know, mothers who don't like being mothers. She, baby girl, went through it. I mean, that was a hard time. Their book went through it, so. Um, But yeah, those are pretty good suggestions. We'll try to get those on the list. Um, And I'll, you know, I'll definitely let y'all know how I feel about some of these movies. Um, So yeah, thank you again for this list. And as always, guys, thank you for listening. Um, We really appreciate it. And... You can follow us on Twitter at BLK Girl Film Club. You can listen to us on wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. You can um, email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com or visit blackgirlfilmclub.com. Yes, we are everywhere. We are out here. <laughs> but indoors where everyone else should be so yeah, be indoors y'all like what the hell like just because it's 2021 doesn't mean things change please 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 like, please i'm just gonna i'm personally just going to just look forward to 2022 when i'm a cute 33 years old <laughs> and i will be 48 i'm excited yeah. Okay, 48 again, 48? Yeah, I'm a woman. Yeah, you know how it is. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I don't think anything's going to happen. So I think, um, yeah, we'll be in the house. I have things to do outside this house, but I can't do them because none of you motherfuckers won't stop going outside. So (laughs) um, (laughs) major, major life changes that need to be done, and I can't do them because... Nobody else will just stay their asses at the house. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, but we will be here. Hopefully some good movies will come out the rest of this year. If not, I guess we're going to be digging in the archive. Yes, I can't wait to talk about uh, Imitation of Life. Woo! (laughs) Renee's been trying to get me to watch Imitation of Life for like at least 10 years, and I keep saying no. And I even stopped reading a book last year because it reminded me very closely of the plot to imitation of life and i was like we're not doing this so i think i've i think i've seen part of imitation of life and i was just like she's supposed to be black (laughs) i think i turned it off oh my god okay and on that note (laughs) on that chaotic note bye y'all bye guys (laughs) 